socks you're wearing when you pass out in a common area and somebody draws dicks all over them i like penises you know? or they're only they're mismatched and they're singular socks and they're all stiff as a board talking about how people know her as a because she's a bartender, you know, they recognize her. And she said, you know, I'm kind of like a low-class celebrity. And I'm like, well, you're half right, you know. All right, are we writing this down? So what do we, we've got, um, well. We don't I, need to write it down. Remember, we're, we're recording all this. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than writing it down, brother. <laughs> I'm Sanders, and he's Liv, and we are two sorry excuses. Liveroo! What's up, Sam, man? How you doing, buddy? All right, how you doing? Good. Two sorry excuses, episode 24. Yep, 24, man. That is the truth. We are almost to our quarter century mark. Yeah, it's crazy. Last week, um, we were remiss um, in the fact that we didn't mention it was our six-month anniversary. I never even realized it was our six-month anniversary. Uh, second week in November. I think we published the first Two Sorry Excuses episode uh, probably somewhere like around November 15th or so was when we uh, officially went live. So um, six months strong, man. Damn. Say it loud. Why do I stick with something this long? <laughs> I've been impressed with um, with not only my um, commitment and fortitude, but uh, yours as well. Like clockwork, every week, um, you know, we, we we touch base, we we reach out, uh, we find a way to get it done, and there's only a handful of occasions that um, that we let time get the better of us. So, um, well, usually we make it one way or another. By hook or by crook. Yeah, I mean, we never, we have never canceled a show when there's been pressing matters at hand. No, not at all. Like uh, the basketball season or something like that, you know? And, I mean, we're a good, what, month? No, March, right? We're a good two months past, you know, college basketball season as far as 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 the Syracuse Orange are concerned. Um, And we're still going pretty strong. 
uh, listenership uh, is ever increasing. Uh, we also had our thousandth download this week. Damn, that's a milestone. That's pretty impressive, uh, which gives us about, um, with the number of episodes uh, that we have, it gives us about 50, an average of about 50 strong in terms of individual unique um, listeners. So, I mean, you subtract me from that, so that's 49. I know you're not a big listener, so we can, maybe we go down to 48 and a half. Um, so uh, that's <laughs> that's some folks who um who are who are mildly committed to what we have to say. And the thing about it is, um, I know I keep promising to give you the um, the credentials to look at all of the analytics and stuff, but I just never get around to it. But um, what so you're lying to me? Uh, mostly I'm lying. Mostly yes. I'm lying. But um, this is like I, the. Uh, Bernie Madoff scandal or something. Keep telling me I'm doing really great. I don't really know what's going on. It's all going to be a house of cards. Meanwhile, I'm conducting another podcast tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, and I'm using the listenership from this to propel the listenership to that. Yes, with already popular podcast people that really don't need the help. Um, The Mets podcast, perhaps. We don't have <laughs> we so when a when an episode comes out, you and I are both subscribers, and um, yes, we automatically see that download of the uh, of the podcast even before it goes up onto like iTunes proper or iTunes dot com whatever. Subscribers get the podcast almost immediately. We only have about a dozen subscribers because as soon as it goes up. I see a jump of about anywhere from 8 to 12 um, downloads, which means that the other 40 or 35 or 40 people are actively coming back to either TwoSorryExcuses.com or iTunes to download it manually, which one, A, is is phenomenal. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, but B, a, a real inconvenience and a pain in the ass considering all they have to do is hit the subscribe button. That's what I'm thinking. What does it take? What What do we have to do for them to, to like, sign on that they want to keep doing this? They, they keep want to check in every week whether this is something <laughs> they're still not sold yet? <laughs> They've individually downloaded 23 previous episodes and they're still not sold? Well, I guess it's the I guess there's two classes of people in the world. There's the people who buy the Costco membership um, and feel the need to have 500 pounds of dog food um, in stock in their basement, regardless of whether they own a dog or not. And then the people who will go out and purchase, um, you know, two strips of bacon at a time so they can make bacon and eggs. Yeah, uh, we we have a lot of city dwellers. We have a lot of urbanites. So you know, maybe the Liz Stillmans of the world take solace in the fact that they can, um, you know, they can kind of shop as needed for their Sanders and Live Fix. But um, yeah, I guess so. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what we can do to get them to to subscribe. Um, I, I really think it has more to do with the fact that podcasts and. Um, and podcasting in general is still a pretty pretty unknown medium or media. Because yeah. um, believe it or not, I was trying to impress some people with my uh, podcasting skills the other day, and um, they didn't seem to care. 
about what I was talking about. Now, it, was, it could have been they just didn't care what I was talking about or they didn't understand it. So I dug a little deeper and after about 45 minutes of um, educating them on on, on, on podcasts and iTunes um, subscription process, uh, it just turns out that they didn't know what um, you know w- what the story with it was. So um, maybe we take it upon ourselves to educate the folks out there. I, another side of it might be um, these podcasts are pretty hefty uh, media files on your phone. Uh, true. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking right now at my phone. Episode 23 is a 76.96 megabyte uh, file. And in fact, a couple of months ago when I had to download an update, I need to delete a bunch of these podcasts. Okay. So here, this is, I think, where it, where the, um, the edification of uh, listenership comes in. There's a setting for each of those podcasts um, that, so, you, that you download... So yeah. each of the shows that you download. So on my phone, I've got uh, us. I've got um, a couple Kevin Smith podcasts. I have a Rich Eisen podcast and yeah. some fantasy football stuff. Um, you can set each individual show with its own settings. So, for example, um, after I listen to one of our shows or after I download our show and listen to it uh, and it's marked as listened, it will automatically delete it yeah, off your I phone. Yeah, I understand that. So... Um, the question is, uh, I mean, maybe people don't think they don't know about that setting, but either way, I guess the problem, my theory is that if they're downloading, listening and deleting, it wouldn't make a difference if they were subscribing, if they were doing the same thing, or maybe this just reminds them by actually having to do it, that they're doing it. Whereas maybe if they subscribed, they wouldn't even know that they had it on their phone or something. They wouldn't even think to look for it. Who knows? In- interesting. Well, that's a that's a legitimate theory. Yeah, I mean, just like sometimes you know, almost like ignorant compliance. You you record series on here and then you completely forget about them sometimes. All right, so so we're going in the other direction. We're bucking the trend. Unsubscribe, everybody. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> No more subscriptions. <laughs> Stick it to the man. So here's what I I um, propose because we got a couple things um, in the hopper here, which I think um, are are going to help us. Um, you know, certainly not going to make any money off this joint, but um, maybe help defray some costs. Um, what we can do is we can send um, individualized postcards out every week to our subscription base. You know, like you'd receive from your local realtor, or um, you know, somebody else who's the, in it for the money. The blood, us, right? <laughs> the blood bank. You know, things of that nature. Like, hey, just wanted to let you know. You know, we've got an event coming on. Blah blah blah. We'll be in the neighborhood this week. Look for us. So I think, um, I think the best way to to promote uh, an internet um, and mobile media platform is through traditional direct junk mail. Yeah. Uh, spam, you mean. Spam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny thing about that, there's a girl who I know 
who who got me to sign up for some group she's involved with. Uh, is it like Louisiana Land Trust or something? And their goal is to, you know, raise money to buy up property that so it can't be developed, you know, so it can be saved for the environment. Got it. So now I constantly get emails from her. I was like, she used to be my friend. Now she's a spammer. You know? <laughs> I don't know if I want to go from friend to spammer. And you know? <laughs> does she send it to you from her personal email? Yeah, it's always personal. So I mean, I guess it's from her email with this organization, but it's always her name. You it, know? And, like, I... I Completely ignore the emails, but I feel a little guilty, so I wait a couple days before I delete them. <laughs> In case yeah, I'm not totally dismissing her bullshit cause, you know, it's like, like I went to some fundraiser for. I told her, yes, I I agree with this cause because this is very libertarian, and I can support that, you know. Right. I actually privately buy into places instead of like putting the onus on everybody else to not develop something you know i was like i can get behind something like that you know but um but i don't want to be annoyed about it every other day you know when Ange and i i um, paid my 35 bucks to the organization leave me alone (laughs) um well at least you were consciously getting involved in the organization when Ange and i um, had got engaged we um one of the first things we did um as a couple was we went with my brother jeremy uh, and his girlfriend to the New Jersey um, Hot Air Balloon Festival to see um, Blues Traveler was the headliner. And it was pretty cool, and we just kind of got to chatting about how cool it would be to go up in a hot air balloon. Uh, so fast forward a couple months later when um, when I decided to propose, I booked a hot air balloon. So we went on a hot air balloon ride and, um, you know, gave her the ring, engaged, champagne, the whole deal. But... Yeah. Um, the way a hot air balloon works is there's a designated takeoff place, but there's no designated landing place. So you just go until you find a clear spot and land. So we ended up, I mean, I don't want to say hundreds of miles, probably, you know, probably, you know, maybe, maybe 40 miles away from, from where we started. So we had to drive back 40 miles with the, with the team that, owns the hot air balloon so you just kind of get to shooting the shit you know and after about 15 minutes of oh so you got engaged that's great blah 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 you run out of stuff to talk about so you just whatever the topic of the day is and the woman was involved in a in a large breed animal rescue so we're not talking about like dogs and cats we're talking about bears and lions and shit and it's some wilderness foundation so we're like, oh, my God, that is so cool. That's great, blah, blah, blah. So they take you back and they bring you to the field where your car is, but they set up like a wine and cheese kind of deal with all the other balloons. It's kind of cool. But uh, we got roped into signing up on the mailing list for this large animal uh, reserve foundation. And every, you know, like like you, every couple of weeks or uh, every yeah. couple of months, we get these emails and I feel guilty for deleting them. I haven't unsubscribed because that would just be, you know, way over the line. But, um, you know, I keep them in my box for a few days and then, uh, yeah. then I go ahead and de- delete them in case, I don't know, in case they ever show up at my house 
and are like, hey, I forgot the details on that um, large animal game preserve gala that I'm throwing. Can you pull up the email and show me, um, you know, what the details are? <laughs> so I, um, I mean, I, I know where you're coming from, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an awkward position to be put in. <laughs> um, you know? So, um, speaking of putting people in awkward positions, um, we're going to want them to give us their money. <laughs> How's that for a segue? Yes. All right. Yes. But we're not going to ask them for their money on things they normally wouldn't be purchasing. Um, when you go and do some of that online e-commerce that's really popular now, um, there's a couple sites out there that, that some of the kids um, like to go to, and one of them is um, Amazon. It's Amazon.com. I don't know if you've heard of this one. I'm not sure about that one. It's it's. I think it's a real up-and-comer. Um, I think it's going to be around for a while, but it, apparently a lot of the kids um, shop on this on this particular site. We are now official partners with Amazon.com. So you go to TwoSorryExcuses.com, you click on any uh, one of our um, any one of our stories, and there's a little uh, Amazon.com support us um, widget that allows you to search Amazon for you know things that you would normally buy. And I don't know, maybe we'll chat about some some things and try to find. You know, if we're, if we're talking about, for example, I found a pair of Syracuse Argyle socks that yeah. I thought were um, were very appropriate. And uh, if that ever morphed into a conversation, uh, we could certainly put a link to... I would not want to see the inappropriate Syracuse <laughs> socks. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine what those look like. <laughs> Maybe those are the socks that you're wearing when you pass out in the common area and somebody draws dicks all over them. I like penises. <laughs> or they're only they're mismatched and they're singular socks and they're all stiff as a board. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that that went over the line. <laughs> yep, you just crossed the line. I crossed the line. You went from your drunken antics to <laughs> <laughs> Masturbatory perversion. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking right now at all this, all the great stuff you can order on this little Amazon window that pops up on our Two Sorry Excuses site, the one that is within the, uh, and the winner is the acknowledgement of the great patron St. Lee Zurich's award this week. Yeah, so the goal is not to junk up the site or to, you know, to kind of make it yeah. trash. It, it's to promote Panini FIFA Brazil factory sealed <laughs> World Cup stickers. Uh, uh, <laughs> truth be told, I threw it up there. I, I, I set up the account a couple, maybe a couple days ago, and then I totally forgot about it. And I just set it up right before I sent you that text to say, hey, check this out. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't very discriminating in what. Um, I was going to promote, but I chose sports collectibles as 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 the default let for the me, time um, being. Let me just bookend that story about the girl with the spam. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought about another funny aspect of that story. Yeah. So the event that I went to, yep. you know, she was really trying to get people to go to. So I was like, all right, I'll go to it. It was the um, week 
the Friday before Thanksgiving week or something, you know? Okay. So I went and I put down um, my parents' phone number as the phone number because I don't want to be bothered. Right. I'm not giving you my cell phone. <laughs> and this girl had my phone number, but she was not from, she's not from Louisiana. Okay. So she did have my phone number when we were in law school together. Okay. And wait, apparently she had changed phones in that time. It, at this point, um, would you say like that the majority of these type of social acquaintances are, are from law school? What do you mean? You know, like these kind of people that this this class of, of like so Jacob's not putting your name on a list. No, for, I mean, Jacob, I've known that guy for twenty something years. Right, right, right. So that's kind of my point. So yeah, I mean. She's a girl who I was friends with anyway, but, I mean, we weren't bosom buddies or anything. Yeah, but, yeah, normally, yeah. But I, we were civil, and I helped her move some furniture before, which makes me either a sucker or a better friend than I thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you at least anyway, get free pizza and beer? <laughs> What's that? Did you at least get free pizza and beer? Yeah, yeah. That All was, right. That was beer involved. All right, okay, cool. Uh, but that so, was several years ago. But and this was like she invited all these people. I was like, sure, I'll go. Thirty-five dollars to go something. Maybe I'll see people that I haven't seen in a long time. And it was like an open bar event, you know. Yeah. I I never knew I was signing up for like the rest of my life, though. <laughs> I thought I was like a one-time thing. But this is the funny thing about it. So I guess she doesn't have my actual phone number anymore. Um, the day we're doing our Christmas lunch, uh, you know, we're down the French Quarter. And I get a call, and it's from this girl, and she's like, Matt Livicary? You know, and I'm like, yeah. Um, she's like, this is, uh, I won't say her name. Yeah. But whatever, I'm like, I was like, yeah, you know me. What the hell? And I, <laughs> she was talking to me like I was some stranger. What, did she get what, your number from, from some type what, of like? Well, she called the house here. My mother's house. And my mom answered the phone and she was like, you know, and she, like she was just gone down a, I guess, a, a roll of people that gave money. Got it. You know, and she was giving them thanks, you know, I guess because it was the Christmas holiday. So it's like, you know, getting that out of the way before holidays start, you know. And my mom gave her my number and, and you know, I guess I guess she just didn't even think what number it was. You know, because she might not even said my name. Just taking a number. And obviously, my number was not in her new phone because she had changed to now a Louisiana area code, a New Orleans number, you know? Got it. Whereas before, she had a Texas number or something like that. And she was like, hi, this is Marissa Escudero. I'm like, yeah, Marissa, you know me. You know, it was very (laughs) weird. You know, my mom's like, oh, yeah, this girl Marissa called. When I came home, she was telling me, oh, girl Marissa called, blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. It was a very awkward, uncomfortable call getting basically like a telemarketing call from somebody I've known for six years. Because <laughs> 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 I, I forgot about that, and that just wraps the whole story up. So it's like now we went from the awkward telemarketing call to now the constant awkward spam. Man. <laughs> You know, guilting you into not coming and volunteering for all their events. Um, you know, it would, would be funny if you got another cell phone number, gave that to her 
personally. And then when she calls in business and does the awkward exchange of Matthew live a carry. Yeah. And you go through it like you're not live. Yeah. Like you're some other Matt Livicary, and then hang up with her, but then call from your new cell phone number and chat with her personally. I'll tell you a funny story, sort of along those lines of just like screwing with people on the phone. This was this is when I was in college. I was home one summer, and my sister Mari, who you've met, yeah, yeah, um, you know, you were there when I personally had to carry her into my mom's house in 2003. <laughs> from her being passed out in the quarter when she was with us. Um, She had this friend, Katie. You know, Katie Duplantis, you know, that it's a family that was like basically family friends with us forever because she had, the Duplantis had, she had older siblings who were like my older brother's ages, you know? Right. So we've always known them, but Mari was always friends with Katie and Katie, Katie's a moron. Um, <laughs> she was the she was always a kid getting Mari in trouble. She's just that kid. Like the joke about her always was, like when she was like in high school, she went to multiple high schools. For one, she she her her dream was to go to an out of state junior college, like. <laughs> and now you know now she's been bartending for years. You know, probably 15 plus years now she's been bartending at various places. And um, she once she told Mari, this, this was years ago, well over 10 years ago, talking about how people know her as a, because she's a bartender, you know, they recognize her. And she said, you know, I'm kind of like a low class celebrity. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you're half right, you know. <laughs> hey, low class celebrity. It was very great. But anyway, so this is when we're in college. And you remember the um, Seinfeld where George is dealing with the unemployment people and, and he gives them Jerry's number saying it's <laughs> Vandalay Industries. Yes. <laughs> we apply for a job and he's telling the guy, answer the phone, Vandalay Industries. Well, so she would always call him. This is the age before cell phones, you know? This is like 1997, 90, you know, whenever it was. Before cell phones were ubiquitous. And she... You know, we we had the call ID. She called the house and answered the phone. Vandalay Industries. <laughs> She's like, "Can I speak to Mari?" I'm like, "You know," and uh, I'm like Vandalay Industries. She's like, <laughs> "Okay," and she hung up. She called back. I answered Vandalay Industries again. She's like, "Oh no, I must have the wrong number." <laughs> she called back again. I go Vandalay Industries, <laughs> and she's like, "Is this eight three seven two three nine three? I was like, "Yes, it is," and she was just like. Okay. <laughs> Hung up the phone, totally confused. I think it took her like another day or two before she finally had the nerve to call this number back. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you did that to a local ass celebrity. Yeah. Uh, low class celebrity, man. <laughs> I pulled that one on her. God. Uh. She was, um,. You know, I pulled it on my dad a few times, and he would just be confused. He would call from the office, you know, and I'd be like, Vandal Industries. like, what? You know, and he'd hang up. <laughs> he worked for the damn phone company, for Christ's sake. He should have known who he definitely was calling. 
<laughs> oh god, good times. Well, uh, that was just a flash, um, a blast from the past. Yes, it was. Hey, uh, go ahead. Well, um, I got an email from Brian last week or two weeks ago. It was before our last recording. And and actually, eventually, I got the email that he sent me from Syracuse itself. And you might have gotten this email, too, about the Syracuse, uh, Syracuse-themed perfume and cologne collection. <laughs> no, they don't have they must not have my most current email address because I don't I really don't get anything yeah, um, from the university back email accounts and stuff. <laughs> that really bugs you. <laughs> well, because it's like so retro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> retro retro Sanders. I've got my monocle, my fedora. My uh, Samba sneakers and my Matt, at Mac email address. Well, um, the Syracuse Cologne. It's ridiculous, man. Here's some. They got some news because I guess it was in February that they must have announced it, but they just put it on the because all the news articles I'm seeing are about it from late February, you know, talking about the scent. Okay. How do we miss I, this? But um, but I'm gonna find it on the. Uh, I actually probably have it. The email still. So let me look for that. But I don't know. What do you think, sir? Syrac- the smell of Syracuse would be. <sighs> what well, is it? Is it athletic based, or is it just university based? Athletic based, bar based. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it's not like Harry's based. Um, yeah, I mean, like from personal experience, I probably the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, brass top bar cleaner. Yeah, bra- I used to brass. I used to brasso those those brass tops every Wednesday. Yeah. So when I when I first start working at um at Fagan's. Uh, salt comes to mind, you know, like the street salt city. Yeah, like the street salt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Um, are you able to make cologne that smells like other very strong cologne, (laughs) (laughs) which was so commonly worn by all those douchebags that wore the clunky shoes and the black jackets and. You know the type of guys. I, I'm I know. About. I know exactly the type of guys you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what did they come up with? Uh, I mean, I'm not even really sure. So here's they know? want here's the from the um, um, Masic Cologne fragrances. Yeah. They wanted to go with elements such as colors, campus style, flowers and trees, traditions and locations. In location, yes. Now, first, there are no flowers and trees. I'm sure there's flowers and trees that are indigenous to 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 Syracuse, but they're not part of the daily experience because for 7 of your 8 to 9 months on campus it's freezing. Yes. Yes. 
So that's, there's there's no the issue. there's no grass. There's no you know there's no trees. I mean there's a nice rose garden over in Thorndon Park, but where no students are around to to experience that um, campus style. Huh? I don't. Yeah. Nah. I don't know what campus style supposed to be. Whose style? You know. Right. 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 How it's, the hell are you supposed to smell like a style? It's such you a know? diverse. It is. Oh, it's such a diverse campus. Like, you smell like neo-Gothic architecture or something. You know, like, what the hell is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I, I don't really get that. Um, now let's see what they say. If you look at the women's perfume, I just sent you a link to that stuff. Um, for a, for the low price of thirty nine fifty. See, that was all when it was still in the testing stages, that article I sent you. Okay. Um this is the female one. A signature scent exclusively created to capture the essence of Syracuse University. The passion for orange. The energy of the carrier dome. The striking elegance of Krauss College. Energetic, passionate, and determined. It opens with a sparkling medley of citrus notes. Zesty mandarin, fresh white peach, and juicy passion fruit. A lush floral bl- blend of white mugay, freesia, dewy cyclamen, all this stuff I've never heard of. An orange magnolia define the heart of the fragrance, while creamy vanilla, smooth cedar, liquid amber, and musk provide a central base. A light and fresh fragrance with a beautiful touch of orange for the Syracuse woman. 1.7-ounce bottle. <laughs> I don't really know much about colognes or perfumes, but that seems like a lot going on there. And for thirty nine fifty, um, for how much? 1.5 ounces? 1.7 ounces. I'm not a big perfume guy, but... Um, yeah, I'm not either. I don't, I don't know how that stacks up, but I'd imagine you could probably get it on Amazon for, for much cheaper. Um, and simply by going to twosorryexcuses.com. Yeah, what they're there. You want to see? You want to? You want to hear the description of what the men's scent smells like? Oh, that was the women's scent. Yes. <laughs> Syracuse University cologne for him: a fresh and crisp fragrance, fragrance inspired by the spirit of the orange, energetic, passionate, and determined. Embodying the chilly, crisp air of Syracuse winters, the fragrance opens with fresh orange zest, white bergamot, and pink peppercorn. The aromatics extend with an icy aquatic accord earthy geranium musk, and the subtle spice of cardamom. The base is white patchouli. Uh, you lost me. Oh, gone. Done. Glossy vetier, burnt amber, and cedar, a passionate combo for the Syracuse man. A signature scent ex- exclusively created to capture the essence of Syracuse University. You know why you lose me? Patchouli smells like filth to me. <laughs> patchouli means you're a dirty hippie that prefers to put on patchouli than bathe. I don't really get that. Patchouli means you didn't bathe. It doesn't make you smell good. It makes you smell unbathed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. I know, I know exactly. Patchouli I- smells the same to me as if you smelt like stinky B.O. <laughs> because that's why you wear it. Because you're masking stinky B.O. As a veteran of a number of fish concerts and festivals, um, patchouli is, is definitely... Uh, a mainstay on that circuit. Yeah. You know what? You want to make a Syracuse cologne for men? Make it smell like stale, nasty-ass Milwaukee's best. (laughs) (laughs) Milwaukee's best that's been marinating on an 80-year-old hardwood floor in 1106 Madison Street. That's what Syracuse smells like to me. I'd also go with... um, This is a very distinct smell. 
Um, but I, I think I'm going to be able to capture it enough for you to 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 buy into it. You know the you know when you have like some of that really old old furniture, um, yeah. that stuff that's really uncomfortable to sit on. Yep. But it has like the wooden armrests, but they're it's yeah. they're covered in in fabric, but just at the very end, like where you'd put your hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's just exp- it's it's hard wood. That right there has like a special scent to it because well, it's got that patina on it from and, where the hands have been put for decades. Yes. That's yeah, exactly what you're talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That has a certain kind of college Syracuse feel to it because you have all that furniture passed yeah. down from all class the to class. furniture that you get as a college student. All right. Are we writing this down? So what do we – we've got um, – well, We don't I, need to write down. Remember, we're, we're recording all this. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than writing it down, brother. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, touche. <laughs> touche. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, well, I do think um, the Milwaukee's Best is perfect. Yeah. Um, that, that, what did you call it? The the hand, the wooden hand holder things? Well, I was saying the patina, you know. The, the, the patina, right. That's like, you know, basically the Lara Grime, but yes. like, no. But it's a but it's a good word for that. It's a fancy word for yes. that. Yes. So you scrape some of the uh, patina off. Yes. Um, and you you put in some of that that last um, you know wounded soldier ish um, remnants of the old Milwaukee's best. Um, what else are you throwing in there? You need to find. You do need. They do mention that in their man men's clone. You do need to match that that crisp. Super cold winter day. You know, you know that that um, you you yeah, know yeah no no absolutely no. It's it's kind of that that Where you can take that huge heavy breath. You yeah, know? yeah. How do we how do we how do we recreate that? Ah, uh, I don't know, but apparently that's what they were working on developing that that super secret scent that they're now selling. And then we squeeze a little bit of a clementine orange in there. Yeah, why not? Right? Clementine, th- that's what you want to go with? Yeah, uh, aren't those particularly sweet? Yeah, I mean, I like them. They're just small, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's because you only need a little bit. You don't want to overpower. You don't want to You don't want to walk around like you're a citrus grove. You just, they want you, you when you stroll up to a chick, let's say um, that you are at the, um, the annual Louisiana Young Alumni kickoff party. So it's you. Um, it's Magazine Road Guy. Yep. Um, guy I met on the fly. On the fly. Who, who girlf- I watched the NC State game with. On the fly and girlfriend guy. Yep. And Lee Zurich. And Lee Zurich. <laughs> so you're all out at a bar. <laughs> Having the most uncomfortable, <laughs> awkward time together. <laughs> Especially since by all uh, accounts of of Lee Zurich's internet profile, he barely acknowledges his Syracuse existence. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Langdon would be very disappointed. So you're all there, and you know you want, um, you know, hey guys, take a. 
take a little sniff. And they, you know, they kind of saddle up and they, and they go, oh, Liv, that, that is delicious. You don't want to overpower them with the orange. You just, you just want the orange to kind of accentuate the other aromas, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. I like it. What do we call it? Uh, Dolph, Ascent for Men. Yeah. Not not Syracuse enough, not Jermaine enough. I don't know, it's just so Dolphy. <laughs> you know? I don't have the the um the most positive uh you know the mo- the best thing about Dolph being my landlord is being able to say that Dolph was my landlord, not not anything about his actual lording of the land, which was <laughs> deplorable. <laughs> You know, I just tried to keep away from that. I didn't want to commit any libel or slander or anything, you know. <laughs> so I kept it clean on his birthday post. But I did see that. Very nice. Yeah. But, um, but you know, the whole post-dated check thing kind of chaps my hide still. <laughs> you go sign a lease and you got to give him 12 checks. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a reputable businessman. <laughs> God, I'm sure Joe Pesci in that movie The Super, you know, didn't have, didn't do that type of crap. You remember that movie? <laughs> I do remember that movie. Yeah, where he's sentenced to live in his own slum. Uh, right, that's where he dresses up to go play basketball, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's his punishment. Um, but it is nice to tell people, hey, man, the greatest Jewish basketball player of all time was my landlord. <laughs> you know. And they're like, really? Nadav Hinnefeld? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, uh. Not Nadav Hinnefeld. <laughs> and they're like, that Jewish Jordan kid that was supposed to be uh. so good, who has ESPN was all over for like three years? No, not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, you know, after about 30 guesses, yeah, you get down to Dolph Shays, you know? <laughs> Eventually, you get there. Uh, Eventually. Um, but, uh, but I guess that would be, sure, call it Dolph. I don't know. No, no, I'm open for something. I'm open for something more. Um, I, it, now that I'm, now that I'm rethinking it, um, it, it should be something a little more, um, a little more, uh, Tied into the university a little more. So, yeah, other than a guy whose son played basketball there and is, um, you know, who rents out substandard housing to students. <laughs> well, by that, then by that definition, it will have to be called Kraus um, hyphen something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, we we'll call it Dome and put an e, put an accent. Dome. Dome. I like it. Yeah. Dome, uh, I like the scent, it. The perfect scent. Uh, the scent that exudes Syracuse. Oh, perfect. But, but I don't know why I would want a scent that. I want those, the other guys from Syracuse to be hopping all over. You know? No, what do you mean? That scenario. Oh, you smell lovely. Oh. <laughs> at, the, at the Louisiana Young Alumni. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Young alumni full of people that aren't exactly young anymore. 
And, and I know one person in particular who just recently told me when I was talking about um, wardrobe, everything doesn't have to be orange, Matt. <laughs> uh, well, that that is false. Yeah. <laughs> that I, is... I, I never wore orange like that in college. It no. kind of became one of those things, you know, now that I was in the land of no orange, I needed to friggin' stand out and be like, Hey, motherfucker, this is orange. And in college, everything you wore was casual, informal, uh, and yeah. or a t-shirt. So you you wanted those pieces of your wardrobe to emit some type of style or, you know, at least have a statement. Whether the statement was, I don't give a shit, or the statement was like, you know, look at me, I'm cool, I'm hip. That's what you went for. But now as an adult... You know, and have graduated. What are we on? Are we twenty years yet? Not uh, yet. No, because I just went to my twenty-year high school. Okay, You'll be twenty and two, right? Ninety-six, right? Uh, Ninety-six, correct. So, right, right, sixteen. Technically, I'm on my fifteenth. Okay, so I'm a super senior. You don't. Um, you know, I don't go out and pick up t-shirts. You know, so when it comes time, hey, I need a new t-shirt or. You know, I got. I need a sweatshirt. All right. Well, let me make one. Let me buy one that has dual purpose. Yep. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. When you're in college, if you're wearing orange, it's like if you're going to a game or something. Right. You know, so like, so you're not going to be wearing orange casually too often, right? On a normal day, because you don't want to look like you're this gung ho guy who's constantly ready for like. <laughs> to be sitting in the carrier dome, you know? Right. Or camping well, out. Like a nerd. Or camping out in front of it. Yeah, well, that wasn't even considered in our day. <laughs> no one even considered camping out in 15 degree weather <laughs> in the footway, in the uh, the steps of the dome. Uh, moving right along here. <laughs> Smooth lives smooth. <laughs> my my homage to David Letterman. Uh, did you see that article when we were discussing back and forth about those pictures that I sent? Yes. With Coquette yes. and you dressed up as uh, Brian Peters and Mike Peters trying to console him. Right. And I and I was like, it had to be when Homecoming and Halloween ran into each other. Right. You know. And so I Googled that, and I came across that New York Times story. Yeah. And I think I sent it on to you. You did. I didn't read it. Um, All I, right. I well, clicked it was on about, it. was this guy named Walter Rose. The story was published November 9th, 1997. And it was referencing that how he had just gone up to Syracuse for homecoming weekend to see Syracuse play West Virginia. And the game was on November 1st that year. And it was his 75th consecutive homecoming. The guy had been to every homecoming since he graduated in 1922 at that point. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was 99 years old at that time. And he had graduated in 1922. He started in 1917. He had a break because he went to fight in World War I. Holy shit. Yes. And he, he was a... Um, he was an old Jewish guy. He was like one of the founding members of Sammy. You remember that that fraternity, a very Jewish fraternity. Yes. Yep. 
And it even quoted a kid who I was friends with. Uh, he lived in my dorm freshman year, Shai Kushner, who was the president of SAMI at that time, you know, which was, you know, our fourth <coughs> year. At, well, my fourth year at the school, Shai's fourth year. Right. Uh, talking about that. And it, and it was gone talking about how he wants to, you know, he wants to live till he's 120. He had not been to the doctor. He went to the doctor sometime like in the 20s or something. He was a he went to Syracuse on a track scholarship. Okay. But he was on like in the 20s he might have gone to the doctor or in the 30s or something. And he didn't go back again until like he was like in his 80s or something. You know, and he was still alive. Uh and he was like I want to live to 120. So then I was like, well, I never followed up on that. So today I start in the morning and I start googling. Uh, I was like, Walter Rose, what happened to this guy? And then I come across the New York Times obituary from early July 1999. He had died. You know, it referenced in there how he was looking forward to living in three centuries. But he was born 1898. Oh, holy. So, but he made it to 100. He was 101 when he died. He, um, but he did not make it to three centuries, unfortunately. He did not make it to 120, but I presume that he went to 76 consecutive homecomings because that because the 98 one, which would have been his last homecoming, would have been the 76th. How amazing is that? That is the guy was so damn old at that time that he was really old for World War II. You know, right? Like how crazy is that? Like when World War II. 1941, when the U.S. got involved, December 7th, 1941, when Pearl Harbor hit, that guy was already 43 years old. <laughs> How nuts is that? Uh, that is and crazy. Was, yeah. So, I mean, that was just random that I came across that, you know. He graduated with a law degree or something that said, and he ran his, his family's furniture business, which was in Astoria, Queens, and he lived in New Rochelle. And he and he just made a point to go up there every year, you know, and they honored him at, I guess, at uh, at midfield at the football game. I don't even know if I was at that West Virginia football game for homecoming that year. I probably wasn't. I was probably working at the bar. You know, the West Virginia 97, huh? Yep. And we beat the hell out of them. They, we were unranked that week. They were like number seventeen. I think we won like forty to ten or something. And then we and then we were ranked the next week. That was McNabb's redshirt junior year. Um. Hey. So, not to not to derail you, but I got. So I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. I'm going to send you something real quick. Uh, let me see. Where's this? Your text message? No. Let's go here. Take a look at that real quick. Shai Kushner. What did he get arrested for? I don't know. That dude got arrested for friggin' LSD or something? That's Is that him? Oh, yeah. It looks just like him. He was such a good kid. It says it was posted f- four months ago. But then if you Google him, he's... Um, He's also on LinkedIn and appears to be um, 
I mean, it looks like him from what I remember. And he is bald, which would be perfectly reasonable for a guy who's in his late 30s. Right, and this this would and, also- and there's a picture here. Was that must be from LinkedIn, huh? No, what is this? HVS International yeah, yeah, okay. Global Hospitality. Right, right. I just sent this that. This is him. That's him, right? It kind of looks like the other dude. Yeah, that's that's Shai Kushner. And I think that story is uh, that story is new. You visit the page. It's yeah. I mean, it said four months ago, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing. Visiting the pages. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be. Uh, doesn't seem to be a lot of um, information about it. But what about you, you? You did a web web search. Yeah, too? yeah, yeah. Shy Kushner LinkedIn. Maybe I need to link in with him. I mean, he was. I just remember freshman year. He was like, he was one of those good kids. Yeah, I can't remember the name. You know, like I mean, I knew him. He wasn't like he wasn't one of those dudes who you associated with the drug scene. Of course, maybe it took him twenty years to get around to the drug scene. <laughs> I mean, he was a he was a new house kid. I remember, you know. Well, there you go. Stay away from drugs, kids. Yeah, stay away from new house. Well, that's definitely him on the LinkedIn thing, Syracuse University. Well, there you go. We're breaking news. <sighs> yeah, we're breaking news, smearing. Fellow alum <laughs> on the podcast, based on a picture. But let's see this IMDb. The IMDb is him too. You see his IMDb page? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I kind of, um, I, I saw that, but I thought it maybe was just a different. Um, no, it's the same picture, man. What does he do in IMDb? He's known for his work on the Ball Boy, ECW One Night Stand. Let's see what, what his listings are. I was looking at the full BS bio. Uh, oh, he's a production assistant in all his wrestling crap back uh, in 2005. Oh, Newhouse makes sense. Yeah. And then he was. He produced something called The Ball Boy, which is coming out next year. And something called The. Well, I guess it makes sense that he's. Do you know hallucinogenics if he's all into uh, entertainment? Um, first murder. I don't know what the ball boy is, but I'm clicking on it. Let's see. Years after accidentally destroying his hero's tennis career and simultaneously launching the most outlandish champion the sport has ever seen, a once promising tennis up-and-comer tries to, see full summary, <laughs> save the game he loves, only to discover that he must help his hero redeem himself. Written by Shai Kushner and David Seth Cohen. Alright. Um now we gotta see who who's attached to this project. So they they don't even have any any um actors or anything attached to this. So who knows? But he obviously he he uh updates his his IMDB page. Um he has a profile and he updates, so and his partner is a guy named David Seth Cohen. Okay, so I'm going to guess... the same age and from Long Island. I'm going to guess he went to Syracuse because he is the um, he is the producer or executive producer of a documentary called Finding, Sa- uh, Finding Sandler. It says, years after a missed opportunity with his hero, Adam Sandler, a determined young filmmaker, David Seth Cohen, goes on a quest to recapture what could have been. So I'm going to bet... 
that that all started with the Adam Sandler appearance at Syracuse. Well, I'll bet you friggin' $300, and I'm being nice to you because I'm looking at, he has a full bio for himself. When it was time for college, David surrendered to his parents' wishes that he become an attorney and majored in American national government at Towson University. <laughs> Why only $300 then? Because <laughs> I didn't want to take you for too much. <laughs> I'm going to edit that part out because it's much better if mm-hmm. um, I recall from no facts that he tried to meet Adam Sandler at Syracuse. He might have been up there because he probably knows Shy from back home. Let's say that. They were childhood friends. Sure. <laughs> Jewish kids from Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> and he came up there when the, when the Jewish Student Union brought Adam Sandler to campus in, in fall 2000, in fall 1994. <laughs> Perfect. Let's see. I'm looking at this Finding Sandler. Did you look at the, the, uh, the image? Uh, Here, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Who, David Seth Cohen's image? The Finding Sandler. And I'm willing to bet, even though I didn't go all the way into the bio, but maybe it says somewhere that he that he is out of the closet. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he's technically not, that, that poster right there definitely... <laughs> <laughs> You know, is very uh, persuasive. Uh, I disagree, man. I think that's t- I think that's totally manly. Yeah. What uh, do you think? Somebody, somebody out there is making a documentary, Finding Sanders. Maybe some young, young freshman had a chance encounter with the top ten guy. It possibly. Yeah. But he's probably <laughs> looking for Dion Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Or even worse, former receiver Ricky Sanders. Um, Well, moving right along. uh, Moving right along here. How are we doing on time, Sam? How are we doing on time? We're pretty good. Um, Uh, We can can start to wrap up in a little bit, but I want to hear. I've been waiting for for at least a week about um, Memorial Day activities. Memorial Day is coming up, and as you know, that is a huge event here. Uh, on the Jersey Shore, I've got... Yeah, not so much here. I've, um, I am going to get off Monday. Because today, the boss walked in there when I was in Jacob's office. He's like, you got anything going on Monday? He's like, I'm thinking we might as well just not come in. Wait a minute. <laughs> Who will produce the law? Exactly. I was like, I was like, yeah, all the courts are going to be closed anyway. He's like, I know, I know. <laughs> He's like, you want to go to Pensacola? Because he owns this, he has this condo down there. And then I forgot about it. Pensacola. You know, he's old school. He's very homophobic. Okay. Is he and married? Yeah, yeah. He, he's His son works with us, too. His son, it's, there's four of us in the office. It's okay. Jacob, Bill, and his son, Jared. Jared, Jacob, and I all graduate high school together. Okay, so this is the same firm when you had first started um, and you were taking the BP case yeah, um, same stuff. Same, okay. Same guy, same firm, same group of dudes. Yep. Okay, got it. All right. Um. So, uh, he's got this condo like uh, near Pensacola, and uh, apparently Memorial Day weekend out that way is the big gay weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, so you want to go to Pensacola? <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, 
and he like shares it with his buddy Wayne. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, Wayne went down there, huh? And he's like, he's like, yeah, Wayne went there, but he's like, I actually was there one year. You know, I think I think that was the only time he went was that on that weekend because that was when he learned that. You know, right? <laughs> and it made him very uncomfortable. He's like. And they had so many people in the pool, you couldn't even see the water. (laughs) 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 He's like, I was in the elevator with one of them. And I'm here with my wife and my son. I was like, that doesn't mean anything. They could be from New York or something, you know? (laughs) Wife and son could easily be another man in in the baby y'all had together with a surrogate. You know, it's the 21st century. He's like, yeah, well, you know that that's totally out of left field for him. He he told he's he's completely uncomfortable with homosexuals as it is. The idea that they might refer to their other mate as a wife and then have a child that they had with a surrogate or something that would totally blow him away. <laughs> but uh, but fortunately, we will not be working Monday, which is great when you're told two days before the weekend. Right. It's a lot of time to make plans. Right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, um, I mean, Memorial Day, so nothing really goes on. I'll be gone to Greek Fest maybe Friday night, you know, get some good Greek food. Uh the story I want to tell you was when I was living in Boston. Oh, yeah, right. Take, okay. I lived, you know, Brian and I lived on Bunker Hill Street there, right in Charlestown. And um, and I worked in downtown, you know, so I used to take the bus to work uh, because it picked, picked me up like a half block away from the apartment and dropped me off a half block away from my office, you know. Uh, whereas if I was taking the tea, I would have had to walk. That was a pain in the ass. It was like a. It was like three quarters of a mile away, you know, the uh, the Bunker Hill Community College tea stop. Yep. Which the only cool thing about that was, oh, this is the place Robin Williams was at in, in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the deal was on Sundays, you used to be able, like, if you, had a, if you had a tea pass, you know, it didn't matter if it was for the bus or the, or the tea or whatever, you know. You, on Sundays, you could bring a guest with you for free. So, um, so it was Sunday during Memorial Day. I don't know what year it was, but I, I was just chilling by myself, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna head in, head in the town, walk around, see what, see if there's something to do. I don't know if maybe if I was even meeting, I might have been gone down there to meet BP and head to a Sox game. Who knows? But uh, I was waiting for for the bus. And I get on, and then and there was a lady there with a child in a stroller, and you know the kids don't have to pay anyway. Right. But I get on the bus, and then she's there, and they're like, "You got to pay the fare, lady." You know, we lived right across the street from the project, so there was a, a fair amount of uh, poor people there. You know. Right. And she's like, "Oh, you know, uh, she didn't really have money," and I, and I was like, "Oh," uh, I said to the bus driver, "I'm like, she's with me." You know, and he's like, "Oh, okay." And she gets on. She's like, "Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just, just, just in the holiday spirit." <laughs> I was thinking, "Was a holiday spirit? It's fucking Memorial Day weekends." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, a Memorial Day miracle." You know, like, 
Like as if like this was like uh, Chris Kringle showing up on Christmas and showering you with presents. You know, the Memorial Day miracle, yes. And gather around and watch movies about the given spirit of Memorial Day. And, and people doing kindless acts of generosity for strangers in the Memorial Day spirit. <laughs> so it always killed me because it was just like, you know, you did well, thank God she said that. Instead of saying thank you, you know, thank you for invoking a holiday that has nothing to do with the act. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's a brief little story, but I, I, I find it quite humorous. Oh, it was great. I was expecting an epic tale, um, uh, but well, that was way better and funnier. Wait, what's that? That that was that was more pleasing than yeah, than a, yeah. than any epic tale could have been. Um, yeah, I mean there was no like, you know, flipping doing backflips on the street, you know, to save your friggin' Memorial Day barbecue or anything ridiculous like that. I don't know. At some point a few years ago, maybe at this point, um, uh, let's say, yeah, let's say six or seven years ago. Um, we came up with the bright idea, or I should say Mike Reardon and Cuddy came up with the bright idea to have, um, a, a standing Memorial Day weekend reunion. It was a standing reunion that everybody kind of decided Memorial Day was the best to have it because... Is that the one where y'all were going to Cuddy's family's house? Yes. Um, up in Rhode Island, his, his yeah. dad owns a house, um, you know, residential kind of joint, um, you know, sleeps plenty, uh, nice yard pool, the whole deals. It wasn't like, you know, some little summer shack or anything. It was a, you know, bi-level house and with all the accommodations. So it was really nice. Um, but it, it maybe was like seven or eight years ago because the, um, at that point everybody was single or at least didn't have kids and it was Two or three years we did it, and it was packed. Like, Stephen Drew came, and um, Stocks, and yeah. Sawyer. So, I mean, it was just kind of, you know, non-Cuse guys, but, you know, obviously friends of the cause. As what well as Joe Romano? Older guys, Joe Romano was there. <laughs> that's, where the Joe, that's where Sanders hates Joe Romano, um, I think, came into existence. Well, I mean, I don't know about that, but I do remember being at the Winthrop house when when <laughs> Mike Reardon uh, valiantly stood up for him. <laughs> I, re- I think you were telling me about Joe Romano. We were at that little bar, you remember? Upstairs, I have a picture of us. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, and he was like sitting in a chair and he goes, I'm not going to let you sit here with <laughs> of Joe Romano. <laughs> Uh, Romano was there Guy was there I mean it was a who's who Um, And that lasted a few years And then what happened You know somebody had a kid or whatever And then uh, it kind of fell off Which I thought was anticlimactic Because the point of an annual Guy's weekend I thought was to put it in the books And everything else can work around it But you know I guess You know I don't want to shit on Cuddy too bad But because, you know, he was supplying the house, but... He's be- so busy shitting on himself, or at least into his hand. <laughs> Literally. Yes, exactly. Uh, he, um, he's so busy shitting on his own hand and flinging it out the window. <laughs> uh, right. Because he 
it was his house. He he had the 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 place and and listen for better or for worse, it was as central as a location as those Boston guys do. You know, a couple hours yeah. south of Rhode Island. All right, that's good. You know, it it worked. Laughlin could make it up from D.C. Um, so it was it was a great scenario. But uh, you know, he ended up having like two kids right in a row. So um, that kind of switched to it didn't happen for a few years, and then it was um, okay. Well, we'll have this huge blowout at Cuddy's house. But yeah, uh, you know, there's something a little different about you know that's where his family lives yeah you're talking about by actually gone cutty's house in boston yeah in boston which is i've never been there but i heard it's a beautiful house got a pool oh i'm sure it's you know I'm sure it's well appointed and um you know that's where he raises his family so that you know that was you know oh it, just, it loses something now granted i could have seen a bunch of the guys and if that was you know the main purpose um yeah, uh, okay, then I'm skipping out on that. But uh, at the same token, there's something about, you know, the 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 debauchery that goes along with one of those lost weekends that is just as appealing. Because how often do you get to do that, you know? You don't. Yeah. So a chance, you know, to steal away, um, you know, wake up in the morning, have Bloody Marys, barbecue, drink vodka grapefruits, pass out, wake up. It's nighttime, there's a fire, you know, and all those elements, um, you know, you just kind of lose that when it's, hey, come over to my house and you can have have a barbecue and you can crash here. Now, it'll be fun. It'll be cool. But then, like, the next morning you wake up and there's little kids running around and I always feel real weird about that, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know what we're dealing with? Being old guys who, hey, uh in both of our cases, don't have kids. Right. And in my case, I'm a bachelor. You know, it's... Life moves on without us, man. Uh, I hear you. I mean, that's what happens. It sucks, because when you're young, you know, like you're talking about, this was supposed to be guys and I know, but then everybody else's family start taking precedent. You know? It's it like, really- well, you really can't take a vacation unless it's like... You know, you got to hang out with the family, so you're like, well, we can do it at my house, you know? And, oh, that's fine, because we all live near there anyway, everybody but the guy in New Jersey. Right. You know, or, you know, oh, well, at least we'll all be able to get together. It's, it sucks, you know? It just like, really takes away the magic of Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody's giving free bus rides to anybody, or, <laughs> You know, uh, throwing an extra quarter in the parking meter for them or anything like that. (laughs) Some of the other uh, gifts and acts of kindness that goes on every Memorial Day, you know. Uh, Gone out and feeding hot dogs to having uh, Memorial Day barbecues for the homeless. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be having a hot dog and chili line today. In the spirit of Memorial Day generosity. Uh, well, on that uh, note, man. I did have a lot of other topics that I thought we could have covered. Yeah. But but we spent so much time on the stuff we did talk about. You know, I think we some of the stuff we can save till next time because it's not anything that's dying to um that can't be spoken about in the near future. 
Well, that's that's what we refer to as a tease in the podcasting yeah, I mean, business, issues, folks. Like there's there's been developments lately regarding um, Dewan Coleman's status re next season. Oh, you know, um, Jim Beheim had some uh, something to say about that recently. Uh, our uh, our new stud point guard, he gave a very intriguing interview recently about what he thinks he, how he's going to compare to Tyler Ennis, you know, in taking over the point guard spot. Uh, uh, there's been developments about what Jim Beheim, how he really feels about Mike Hopkins gone after another job. Uh, they published the top four or five salaries of Syracuse University employees last week. You'd be surprised who is at the who is at the end of that list as one of the top paid people. Uh, he coaches lacrosse, but not the men's team. Uh, and the men's lacrosse coach is not in that top five, oddly enough. Interesting. A very orange episode next week, folks. Yeah, and um, and we can talk about some things that bother me, like how people don't know how to use the apostrophe appropriately. <laughs> And how it bleeds over even into government offices, as I realized earlier today. On that note. Yes, everybody will be looking forward to that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, man. With apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo.